We're going to start a series, and it's really about marriage, but you know, some of you, maybe you came in here and you know, we can put the smile on when we're here, we can dress up pretty, you know, come on. And, uh, but you might not be okay on the inside. And what I want to do is today, I want to, I want you, some of you come in here, maybe you're, you're broken, you're stuck in your marriage, some of you had a dream, some of you even dreaming, I wish I was single again. And so this morning, what I want to do is, the truth is, you, you didn't always feel that way. How many of you are talking about? How many you know sometimes we need to just add a little, how many of you got to raise the love temperature sometimes in marriage? Wow, we got a lot of work to do. And so marriage is the, I, I've heard someone say marriage is the closest thing to heaven or hell on earth. And see, I know this. Why is your marriage not working? Maybe you're, maybe you're just in a drift. You're kind of like a cork kind of bobbing on the waves, and you don't have any place to go. And it, those waves and your circumstances are taking you places you never thought you would go, doing things you never thought you would do, and saying things you definitely wouldn't have told her when you were dating. Man, I appreciate these amens this morning. But see... Maybe you're in that drift, and uh, many of you feel like, but I just want to say, many of you, you feel like hope left this room a long time ago. And maybe you're single, you're engaged, you're happily married, you may be angrily married this morning, you may be divorced, you may be widowed, or you may just be in between. And so this morning, regardless of who you are, where you're at, you know what, Uh, if you're married and who you're married to, your marriage has hope. Say it when we say hope. Say it like you mean it. Say hope. hope. See, your marriage has hope, but not because of how compatible you are to your spouse. Come on. But your marriage has hope because, not because how much money you have. I know people that have all the money in the world, but they can't fix their marriage. They can't fix their children. You know, your marriage has hope, not because how much, how much, how many times you go to church in a week or how much you know the Bible. I've known this, that religion will never help your marriage, but only Jesus can. You see, your marriage has hope because of Jesus Christ. And so here's the million dollar question. What happened? You know, you know, how did you end up here? And here's the question. Are Are great marriages possible? I'm glad y'all are saying yeah, but there's a few other people going, hmm, you better preach good, Pastor. <laughs> the odds are stacked against you. Why do you say that, Pastor? Bo? According to the marriage stats, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Now imagine if you were going overseas and you got on the plane and they told you your odds are 50% to get, o- to get across the ocean. How many of you know you might back out of the trip? So when you get into marriage, I mean, sometimes the odds aren't there, but a good marriage isn't something you find. It's something that you make. And see, hopefully today I can offer some solutions and point you to Jesus, but you have to be willing to, here's the word you got to be willing to do. you got to be willing to work. you got to be willing to work because all great marriages, it takes work. I had a guy one time when we were in the front building, he goes, Pastor Bubba, he goes, man, my, my, my wife hates me. And he goes, and I'm starting to hate her too. And can you fix my marriage? I'm, I'm about to get up to preach. And I go, bro, let me just tell you something. I can't fix in two minutes what you've done in a lifetime. But hey, let me give you a key. A great marriage is like a good bank account. 
the more you deposit, the more you can withdraw. Unfortunately, most marriages are overdrawn. And so I want to talk to you about making deposits that help your marriage work. I want to talk to you about how to make deposits in, in, in Christ that makes things happen. See, hopefully you can find that today. You see, the current state of your marriage is only a reflection of your current state with Jesus. Thanks for all those amens on that one. Before we can talk about having a better marriage, we got to talk about having a relationship with Jesus. In other words, because religion won't change you. It'll just make you put on a fake smile. But see, the answer to a better marriage isn't changing your spouse. Pastor, I was thinking about that one. It's allowing Jesus to change you. See, first point I want to talk about, your biggest problem is not your spouse. It's you. But pastor, you don't know. I said, no, I don't. I don't know, but God knows and you know. There's some things that might need to change. You see, throughout this, ser- this sermon series, don't listen. Listen. Don't listen for your spouse. Listen for you. Because I know what has. Oh, my, she better be getting this one. Who is preaching good right now? I know. I've been there too. I hope she's listening because this is for her. You see, I know how to see there's, there's no such thing as married people issues. Only people issues that get worse in marriage. Could it be that God changes your spouse? That he really wants to change you? You see, there's a scripture I know about heart. It's in Matthew 6.33. And many have heard it. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things will be given as well. Thank you. It's not loaded. I'm going to show. There's a few cops in the town. But I'm just going to let you know. My God. I'm running out the door. I'm not aiming for you. God's already aiming for you in this message. But I'm, I'm giving you a point so you don't forget what I'm about to say. Okay, because this is what the scripture really is talking about. See, I hunt and I fish. So if you go in the men's bathroom, you know, men, you kind of feel a little mannish. But not everything in there was killed on a Sunday. You know, and I tell people, I say, if you got to go, go hunting on Sunday, that's all right. Just bring the high priest a, a peace offering. <laughs> so I actually got some smoked goose jerky this morning. I guess, Jim, you must have gone out on a Sunday last week. I don't know, but wherever you are, you're forgiven. Anyway, just a joke. But what happens is what that scripture means, it literally means this. The most important thing is you got to have good aim. What are you aiming for? See, that's what the scripture said. But seek first his king. What are you aiming for? Because let me tell you something. Whatever you're aiming for, you're going to hit. And if you're not aiming for anything, guess what you're going to hit? Nothing. My brother and I took my son out uh, to West Texas a couple weeks ago, and, and my brother looks at me and says, he says, How's, can Luke shoot? I said, bro, Luke can shoot. I mean, he's my son. <laughs> I mean, that's like insulting a man. Can his, and, you know, he's 13, and he goes, well, you know, have you shot a rifle? And he said, no, sir, I haven't really shot a big rifle. I said, yeah, but Todd, he's got 40 squirrels in my freezer that he's killed with his scope. And I'm not saying where he killed them. him and his friend, and he went out and took him, and, he, and he, we went out to a target because he had to see 
before we shoot the deer. Come on, are you hearing with me? He got to see if he can hit the target. So he went out there, he shot bullseye, and he goes, he can do it. And I, I said, I told you. The deer came out one afternoon, one shot, and that was it because he was on. But can I tell you something? There's a lot of marriages that are just like this because the husbands aren't leading their wives and their wives aren't following their lead of their husband. And, and, and it's like this. It's kind of like, how's your marriage? I don't know. You're kind of like that little buzzard. You know, looking for a baby bumblebee. <laughs> You were lost. What do you mean? Listen, can I just talk to you? I'm not there to beat up the men. Wives, I'm sorry. Don't poke him. But guys, we're created to lead. We are. And and when we lead our family and we leave our spouses... Listen, this is what's going to happen. Either you're going to be pulling someone with you, and I want to be pulling my family towards the Lord. Now, listen, that doesn't mean everybody's going to do what you ask them to do or you live the example in front of you. They all have choices as they get older. Are you hearing me? But the Bible promises no matter which way they go, if you raise them, you know, there's a promise. If you raise them the way they should go, they shall not depart. That means they might be 30, they may be 40, they may be 25, and all of a sudden it clicks. When people get baptized this morning, some things clicked in their lives. And it was better this service because it was warmer water because we saw the first baptism. There was like 60-something degrees. And Pastor, can we, can we just put hot water in it? And maybe we can get them at the end of the service. No, man, of God, we're going to see if they're alive or dead today. <laughs> you weren't created to be complete by the love of a human being. You were created to be complete in the love of Christ. Lonely, insecure, unhappy single people become lonely, insecure, unhappy married people. Marriage doesn't solve emptiness. It exposes it. Man, I didn't say that the first service. That's good. That was good preaching, Pastor Bubba. You see, the problem we're all looking for at our spouse to satisfy something in us that we, they can't satisfy. Only God, only Jesus can satisfy that. You see, our spouse makes a horrible God because they're going to fail you. You know where they say love is blind? It is. When you first get married, come on. Y'all remember? She's perfect. I've done premarital kind of say, oh, yeah, we'll see how perfect they are. Let's give them about three weeks. And you know what? My wife and I never had arguments till we had children. That's the gospel truth. It was easy to agree. But let a baby wake up in the middle of the night. That's your job. <laughs> what? See, whatever you idolize, you eventually demonize. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? What does that mean? You see, this, there's a couple things I want to say. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, What people want in their life in their marriage, even before they get married, is identity. Who am I? Where am I going? And what is my purpose in life? Anybody understanding me? So it's about identity. Who am I? 
And then what everybody wants in their life, this is extra, you can write on your note, everybody wants stability. Come on. Everybody wants a stable life, knowing that things are going to come in, whatever, whatever it is. And when you can't find stability, you live in instability. And things just kind of get out of whack and go, man, this, this is not the way it should be. This is not the way, I didn't think life would be like this. And then what everybody wants is security. But when you can't find security in God, you look for others. And guess what? That begins to build insecurity in you. Because marriage has a way of exposing who we are. Listen, before you get married, guys, let me just tell you, give you a hint. Every woman deals with insecurity before they get married. But my job, the Bible says that Jesus washes us with his words. The scriptures encourages us to wash our wives with our words. Hello? In other words, don't go, hey, old bag of dirt, bring me some boudin. <laughs> you just named her. Y'all laughing, but I, I feel so. I, I got some video of y'all's houses. No, <laughs> Think about it. When you first met, what happened? When you first met, I mean, you know, you thought, well, he's laid back. He's just laid back. I love him. He's just laid back. Ten years in the marriage, get off the freaking couch, you big old chunk. You used to be my hunk, but now you're my chunk. Get up, baby. Come on, I'm going to speak real today. Is that all right? I already pulled the shotgun. I'm going to blow the wad this morning. Because you know what? You know why I want to blow the wad? It's because there are marriages that are in trouble all throughout Acadiana. This morning, I prayed with Pastor Jamie. I prayed with Pastor Zach. And because, you know, we're dealing in our campuses and in our area, there's families that the enemy's trying to break apart. The world doesn't like marriage and what it represents. Our society's trying to break marriage and put new barriers. And God created man and wife to be one. And what, when the world will come against you, pressure from society will come against you. And what we need to do is we need to point people right back to Jesus because that's where healing, that's where wholeness, that's what everything you need is found in him. Amen. You see, you can't allow a flawed human to be in the place that God intended to be for you. It's like when you married her, you, you first met her, you go, man... She's, I love her. She's so detailed. She keeps everything in line. And 10 years later, you go, she's a control freak. <laughs> the only one worthy of being idolized in worship is Jesus. Many marriages fail because we are placing a burden on our spouse they were never made to carry. You know what intimacy means? Oh, I know what intimacy means. No, it's not what you're thinking. Intimacy is this. Into me see. See who I am. You know, you know if you want to find the glory of a man, look in his wife's eyes. Because whatever he's put in there or what he hasn't put in says a lot. The second thing I want to talk to you about, unrealistic expectations will ruin relationships. Unrealistic expectation leads to disappointment. Unreal, it mean, disappointment leads to frustration. How many of you ever been frustrated? Frustration leads to bitterness, and bitterness leads to contempt. And you know what contempt is? You begin to define your spouse by the negative attributes that they have instead of the positive attributes that they have. You start looking at everything they do wrong. 
Instead of what they do, because you all of you were blinded by love, but now because you've got to know each other, now you go, you want to start telling them what to do and how to do it and how to live and where to go and when this needs to happen and how this needs to happen. And sit on the bed till I dress you on your BBDs. You'll get that later, but anyway. If you're going to call, I'm going to call this the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time your marriage is good. You, you, I know some of you, <laughs> Pastor, you had not seen my house lately. 20% of the time you have trouble. See, we must accept that in marriage you will have trouble. Your trouble is going to come. You see, Scripture even says in 1 Corinthians, but those who, are, those who marry will have trouble in this life. See, if, if we expect 100% fulfillment from our spouse, that's an unrealistic expectation. Remember, you ain't lonely. You, you know, just remember, you, you aren't a lonely person in need of a soulmate. You're a sinner in need of a Savior. Pastor, I want my marriage to be right. Well, you know what? Are you right with God? Because if you're going to work at something, you need to know that to be, to be true, if you have ever, you know it's true. Listen, if you, how many of you ever had those vacation, vacation brochures you get and, and all the colors are vibrant, they're incredible, they're, they're, I mean, you just go, wow, this is great. And they Photoshop that sucker. And let's say you're going, I'm going to the, I'm going to the Smoky Mountains. They can show you everything they had last year, but when you showed up, it's burnt. <laughs> because, see, what happens in the end is you get disappointed because you had expectations. On the website, all the colors, all the smiles. They didn't show the kids fighting. They fooled you into thinking this was the greatest vacation spot on the planet Earth. If you go into marriage thinking you will find ultimate fulfillment, look at me. You're going to be disappointed. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? The point of marriage is not to make you happy, listen to me, but holy by teaching you to love like Jesus. So let me just say this. Romance is never, romance is never the cause of a good marriage. Romance is always the result of a good marriage. Does that make sense? Listen, when you're dating someone, Treat them like a brother or a sister. Listen, if he's dating you and he's trying to put his hands all over you, here's a scripture. You can, it's a scripture. The Bible says whatever you do with your hands, do with all your might. If he does something that you shouldn't be doing, knock him out, baby. I don't have any issue with people, Christians that are dating just as long as you teach, treat them like a brother or a sister in the Lord. Hello? You got real quiet in here. Look, when I, when I asked, listen, when I got saved, I was a dog, okay? Then God changed me, and I became a different person. It's a new creation. And I, and I was up, and when I, the day that I asked my wife to marry, I saw, we met at, at college in Texas, and then I traveled, and we were in Washington State, and I made a commitment to God. I said, God, I'll never tell a girl I love her until I ask her to marry me. We were... We were actually, so it was my day to ask her to marry me. 32 years ago. Isn't that crazy? And we got married when we were six. <laughs> and, and what happened is, 
I went to this place called Fort Nisqually. And Fort Nisqually, you can see Rainier Mountain on the backside, the Olympic Mountains on this side. They have the Narrows Bridge. And right below that, there's a Puget Sound. Just a beautiful spot. I was so nervous. And she goes, where are we going? She knew what I was doing. But she goes, where are we going? And I'm like, golly, you're tormenting me. And I, I didn't want to lie, but I said a partial lie because I didn't want her to know the whole thing. You know, will y'all forgive me? God gave me 32, forgave me 32 years ago. But anyway, and I remember just, I missed, I was so nervous, I missed the turn. So I think we had to go like four miles again around the circle thing to get back to the spot. And I remember going to this spot and telling her everything God had spoken to me that I'm supposed to do, the vision I had, all these different things. And I was too poor of a mission. I didn't even have a ring. But I had a commitment. And I began to tell her everything. And I said, but I know I can't do this, this stuff, unless you be my best friend. I love you, and will you marry me? And she, you got to know my wife. She went, yeah. I thought, like, I've seen too many Hollywood movies. Yes! You know, all that. It wasn't that bad. And I was like, the secure person that I was, I go, you sure? And she goes, yes. And that was our journey. And 32 years later, six kids, five boys and one girl. See, I believe this. The third and final point is this. Your emotions don't justify your actions. You know, some of your thinking, you know, I, I know that some of you think, well, but pastor, you don't understand the emotions I feel are very real. Our feelings are always real to us. Are you hearing me? But that doesn't always make them right in God's eyes. You see, whatever emotion, scripture must override our sinful Desires. A man's heart determines his speech. The proverb states, but a man's actions determine his affection. See, 1 Corinthians says, when we were children, we thought and reasoned as children do. But when we grew up, we quit our childish ways. Isn't it funny how marriage has the ability to reduce you to be a child again? What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I've seen people manifest themselves in marriage and arguments, and they look like a two-year-old. What? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I don't. Huh. I mean, it's like, a, it's like a, a manifestation at Walmart when the children are going through the candy line and the sugar demon hits them, and they want it so bad, they start manifesting in front of their mother and everybody there. No, I'm not getting it. Come out. Come out. It doesn't work, so you buy it. Then you create a stronghold in your child's life. Anyway, this, uh, that's a whole other message. You spend the entire day acting like a two. You ignore each other in your home. You don't even talk. Mm. You don't even say hello. You just go, hmm. And now they're, hmm, hmm. You don't even acknowledge either. And then You go sleep on the couch. Can I just be honest with you? The couch ain't all that fun. There's been times I looked at my wife. I haven't done it in years, but in our first, just God adjusting us. I looked at her one day and said, 
I'm going to sleep on the couch. And don't worry, you don't have to cut me off. I'm cutting you off. And she went, praise God. Like every woman would, she goes, I'm on vacation. Hallelujah. Keep speaking to him, Lord. I'd like to say that's not true, but that is. It goes back to the first point that I tried to cover. where Our relationship with Jesus must guide our marriage and not our emotions. You see, if our emotions are steering the ship, we will never make it into the harbor. See, if you want your emotions to change your actions, change your act. Your emotions follow your actions. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? When, my, when, the, emotions, when the emotions of love aren't there, you just got to act on it and do what's right. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? Let, let, let God take it. You know, there's been times when I've walked through with people in their marriage and in different situations, circumstances, and you look at it and go, they're not going to make it. But then there's God. Say this, but God. It's where you put your butt. There's a lot of butts in the Bible, but where are you putting your butt? But God. Say me again. Say, but God. I know people, they wouldn't talk to each other. I know one guy that he actually, he said, you know what? God began to convict him where he was treating his wife, wouldn't talk to her, do anything. And God said, I want you to start loving your wife like I love the church. You go to church, but you don't even love your wife like I love the church. The Bible says in Ephesians that Christ was willing to lay down his life for the church. And in the Bible, he commands us, Paul says, as husbands should lay down their lives for their wives. The question is, husband, when's the last time you died to your desires and you met your wife's desires? Got real quiet in here. And he just said, you know, God began to speak to him. He said, we weren't talking. There wasn't any romance. There wasn't nothing happening, man. And he said, man, Lord, just tell me, just write a little note. So when she'd go clean, when he'd leave and she was at home, he'd write a little note. For two weeks, she didn't say nothing. I write a little note over here. Nothing. For a month and a half, nothing. Then he started getting her little gifts with notes. And he even noticed that when he was leaving, she'd run. She'd go, I guess she was looking for the note. She was looking for the little gift. And all of a sudden, after a year, look at me. He started noticing. He goes, man, she's losing weight. She's looking hot. And all of a sudden, they begin to talk. Because, see, let me tell you the three things I could name. If I named the series, everybody would be coming. It'd be called Communication, Sex, Anointing. Because that's the three things that everybody deals with. Come on, let's just be honest. Okay, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk straight up, probably like you never heard a pastor talk, but I want to rescue marriages. That's what we're out for. It's like we're throwing out the donut, the lifesaver for you to come and say, you know what, if you're married, if you want to get married, if you, if, you know what, let me say, are you going, man, I'm done with marriage. Shoo, shoo, pastor, you should see the man I married last time. I was praying that God would change me or take him home. He took him home. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I had, like the one Cajun lady told me one time, she goes, you know, Pastor Bubba, Miss Savage, she's a friend of mine. She goes, you know, Pastor Bubba, all them men's are the same. I go, what you mean? She goes, they bark all day, but they meow at night, yeah. 
Some of you get that. Sometimes you just got to do the right thing, even if the emotions aren't there. My wife was in Alabama this week, and my little girl and my boy, I was not babysitting my children. I parent my own children. I'm their parents. I parent them. All right? So I was parenting my children, and my little girl, it's Thursday night, and she left Thursday morning, and I was having a panic attack. Because what happened Thursday night, she's like, she starts crying. I go, and Luke and I are watching something on TV or the blacklist. It was stupid. But anyway, just, I fell asleep. And she goes, I go, Livy, what's wrong? She goes, nothing. Like Luke, he's like, don't bother him, you know. He's 13. And he goes, baby, what's wrong? I just had a long day. <laughs> I go, Whoa. And then she goes, I just need to talk to mama. And I like, she's 11. Oh, Jesus, please, not that. <laughs> no, I swear, I thought that. I'm like, oh, God, where is Tracy now? This is, not, this is the devil. <laughs> just, see, I don't, it didn't happen, so don't look at Libby and go, mm. <laughs> And Luke, he's just sitting there and goes, what is wrong with her? And I go, son, one day you will find out. See, I don't know if y'all knew this. PMS means pretty mean sister. So anyway, just let's go to, let's get back to the message. A lasting marriage is built on this word. It's a Hebrew word. It's called ava. And ava means it's a clinging love. I'm not going anywhere love. It's a strong love like death. You see, all the oceans in the world can't stop ava. All the storms can't stop Ava. Ava is worth more than all the riches in the world. Because if you're going to be faithful to the end and you lean on the covenant we made with our spouse and we stood before the living God and we said this, until death do us part, for better or for worse. I've been at worse. I had cancer for five years. My wife was by my side, loved me, ministered to me, helped me, cooked for me. I'm healed today. Amen? And that's God. Even if you find yourself in the worst category, Abba says, I'm not, there's no options. I'm not going anywhere. Jesus wouldn't abide. Listen to me. Jesus is not going to abandon his bride. Why should we? Jesus never abandoned you, even when you were in your darkest moment. Hello? That's one thing I've loved about my Jesus. No, I've, when, I've been, when I've had the inner jerk come out of me. Come on. Anybody deal with the inner jerk every once in a while? It doesn't happen so much in Jenny's, but you go to Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey. What's that old lady doing? Come down. You know what I mean? Don't abandon your marriage. Even if you're walking through a dark day, the grass is never greener on the other side. Oftentimes, the other side is just filled with more pain. 
I was talking to someone about pain this week, and it made me remember. Now, if there's any wildlife fisheries guys in here, I ask God to forgive me a long time, but if you feel like you need to arrest me, go ahead. I was younger. But I remember one time I was dove hunting, and, and this hawk was messing up our dove hunt. I shot it. Okay, poor hawk. <laughs> hey, they got it on tape, so write me up. Anyway. And I remember, I was like, stupid me. I went over there and I looked at the hawk. I picked it up. It wasn't dead. It stuck its talons in my hand and in my wrist. And I'm like, Frick, get off. And, and I mean, it's, and it gets tighter. And I'm like, Argh. I'm like, thank God they didn't have it on video. But anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm, and my knife's over here. My, uh, 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 and it's going, and I get the knife and I go, uh. because look at me. When we experience pain, we respond like that hawk. We act different. We talk different because we're responding from pain. Are, we, are you hearing me? And some of you, the way you've retreated your mate, you're, you, there's been painful things that you've allowed to happen and you haven't dealt with them. Listen, I, I, the thing I love about my wife, that I absolutely love about Tracy, she always wants to get to the bottom of it. Why? I mean, she was out of town this week and, 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 and it's like I, I, real, I, mean, I, mean, I begin to realize how much I really love her. You know when someone's gone? Come on. And all that she does for me and my family, truth is the person you marry will will be responsible for your deepest hurts. Because listen, pain, and let me tell you something, and hurt is proportional to the intimacy that you have with someone. The closer you are, the more pain they can bring you. Does that that make sense? And see, what happens is what it's saying, Matthew 20, 20, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life as a ransom. The point of marriage is to learn to wash one another's feet. An imperfect sinner. I started thinking about what Tracy does for us. Listen, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do some things. Now look at me. I don't like, I'm not one of those kind of guys that cook for their wives. I hate you. If you're a man in here and you cook for your wife, don't check my hand after the service. <laughs> I don't like you. You make me sick. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, somebody clapping. <laughs> I need one of those, Pastor. <laughs> anyway. I do barbecue. I do all that. I mean, but no. I saw the laundry. I said, you know, I'm going to do the laundry. I bought her a little gift, a little candle. And when she came home, you know, I want to say, hey, I did the laundry and I got you a gift. But I didn't. I just sat down and we talked for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. Just want to know how her time was. Listening to her. And I did a lot of talking too. She goes, "You're, you're talking a lot. Because let me tell you something, guys. Men are microwaves and women are crockpots. You figure it out. You want some intimacy? Let it stew. 
And, it, and all of a sudden, when I come, she goes, I didn't even tell you. She goes, you did the laundry. And I'm thinking, how did she know? Women know. I don't know. And then she went, she had to get rid of taller trees. And I was waiting. I followed her down the hall. And she went to get her. And I had a candle there. And I had a little note on it. Because I told her she was the light of my life. And a few other things. I'm not telling you that. (laughs) Because you know what? Whatever you love, you care for. Whatever you love. Listen to me. Husbands, wives. Your wife, your husband is a gift from God to you. How are you taking care of the gift? Because, see, you see it differently when it's a gift, when you serve. Because, see, let me tell you something. The point of marriage is that you serve one another. You just serve. You give. Who can outgive one another? Because, see, all the, the point of, you know, if you want... Let me just say this. Let me say it. Oh, I'm going to say this. Well, I'm going to say it, but I'm trying to figure out how to say it in PG-13. If you want intimacy, real intimacy in your marriage, you serve one another. Because when you start emptying yourself, all of a sudden you take on more of God. Are you hearing me? And you start serving people. Listen, you know what the greatest thing happened in our city? It was a bad thing and a worse thing is when the storm hit. And we just started serving people and loving people and helping people. All of a sudden, people go, man, they care. They're not just talking about it. They're doing something about it. I had one guy. He never came. I've been talking to him for eight years about Jesus. And he came in. He said, man, a guy came to me. He said, hey, did you hear about what happened? That church downtown, down the road? And he goes, no. He said, the pastor got up this morning and said, we're not going to have church. We're going to go be the church this morning. We're going to go serve the city. And he said, When I heard that, he said, I was at church the next Sunday, and I haven't missed since. What was it all about? Because, see, Jesus is all about this. You roll up your sleeves, and you serve. You wash their feet. You ever wash someone's feet? Pastor Jamie, it's on tape, but he got the ugliest feet I've ever seen. Puffs above, but that's mean. No, he knows. I've joked with him about his deformed toenails. Anyway, just. But there was a moment a couple years ago, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, you know what you do? I want to take all your pastors and I want you to wash their feet. It's not about them serving you. It's about you serving them. You serve them in their marriage. You serve them in their ministry. You lay down your life and, and to believe God to do great things in them. And can I just tell you something? I may be the senior pastor, but Pastor Josh, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Zach, they're better communicators than me. And let me tell you, any proud parent, you don't want your children to be as good as you. You want them to be better than you. Does that make sense? Yes, People go, oh, you know, Pastor doesn't bother you. No, that blesses me. Someone came in this morning and said, hey, I'm Pastor Bob. And they go, man, we love this church. When we love him. And he was pointing to Pastor Josh. And I go, I love him too. <laughs> I know Lenny loves him. But anyway, the perfect marriage, the point of marriage is to learn to see the flaws. And not see the negative, but celebrate the gift. Amen? Now, if you're married, won't you grab your mate's hand?
If you're not, if you want to be married, you can lift your hand in the air and go, and people will search. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just playing. Maybe your husband's offshore somewhere. Come on up here, baby. Just hold their hand. I want you to look at them in the eye right now. And just tell them this. You're my gift from God. Now let's pray. Father, we see our mate as our gift. It's a gift from the Father. And Lord, help us as individuals to serve them, to love them, to pour courage in them when they face discouragement at work or with people or circumstances. Help me to empty myself to love my mate. And let me pray over your marriage. Father, right now, I, I come in the name of Jesus by the authority you've given me as a minister of the gospel. It's the good news. And I I come against every assignment the enemy would have. If the enemy would try to do anything, he would try to destroy marriages and families and bring division and strife. And Lord, I pray that this no longer would be a region or place where people just write things off and say there's no hope. But Lord, this morning, there's hope in the house. We're not going to look at what's been going wrong. We're going to do what we can to make things right. I pray you give every person as you've come, as I've spoken, Holy Spirit, you've been speaking to people. Even those that aren't married or or those that they can be that person that you want them to be. It's not about just marriage. It's about who we, we need to seek you. We need to aim for you. We want to aim to have a a great relationship with you. And we know that that'll translate that we'll have a great relationship with one another. And Lord, I pray that you would begin that work. You said if you begin a work, that you are able to finish what you start. And Lord, let us lean upon you in all that we do. Where there's been no hope, I pray, God, that you would begin to bring the flicker of your light that change can take place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Give your mate a kiss if they're here. Okay. Look at me and I'm going to give it back to Pastor Josh here in just a minute. Just a couple of things I want, I want you to hear me. Listen to me. Marriage is all about seeking God, men and women. But seeking God. Listen, if you want your intimacy to be good, empty yourself and let God come. Hello. The guy I was telling you about. His wife lost weight and did everything because he served. You know what? He said, look, when I started emptying myself and I started serving my wife, let me tell you something. She got the hot batons. Now, you figured out that. Daddy, what does that mean? Tell them when they can. Listen, I just came to open the series. Pastor Josh is going to clean everything up in the next couple weeks. Seek God. Look at me. Fight fair. Don't manifest. 
You know what the greatest thing you don't have? Remember fines from happy days? He couldn't say, I'm sorry. He couldn't say it. You know what pride is? Pride is just saying you can't say anything. It's pride. Quit walking in pride. And just say, I'm sorry. And if they say, well, you need to be, go, I am. Because see, listen, sorry is just a word. But you got to go beyond words and you got to, it's action. You got to do something about it. The definition of insanity is you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. You got to change. You got to get, you got to make action. Okay. The next thing, have fun. Have fun. Listen, when I get old, look at me. When me and Miss Tracy walking in the mall in Lafayette and we holding hands and no one's like, I'm going to rub her booty. She's like, baby. I'm going to slap that thing. Not hard. I'm going to wink. And she goes, oh, you're sick. When's the last time you went and had fun? When's the last time you laughed? That's where the enemy wants to get you. And stay pure. Guys, if there's stuff you're looking at, stop looking. Get around some men that will help you. Ladies, if you're, if you're trying to find fulfillment in another person or another man to get attention go to God and give him your attention but the last thing is don't give up God hadn't given up on you don't give up on your mate supernatural things still happen if you do the natural look at me if you do the natural what you can God will work the supernatural in your marriage and what he can only do